0: Chapter 2 of The Goddess of Atvatabar by William Richard Bradshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Fisher. The Cause of the Expedition The Polar King, in latitude 84 degrees, longitude 151 degrees and 14 minutes, had entered an ocean covered with enormous ice flows. What surprised us most was the fact that we could make any headway whatever, And that the ice wasn't frozen into one solid mass as everyone expected on the contrary leads of open water reached in all directions and up those leading nearest due north we joyfully sailed may the 10th was a memorable day in our voyage on that day we celebrated the double event of having reached the furthest north and of having discovered an open polar sea seated in the luxurious cabin of the ship i mused on the origin of this extraordinary expedition It was certain, if my father were alive, he would fully approve of the use I was making of the wealth he had left me. He was a man utterly without romance, a hard-headed man of facts, which quality, doubtless, was the cause of his amassing so many millions of dollars. My father could appreciate the importance of theories, of enthusiastic ideals, but he preferred others to act upon them. As for himself, he would say, "'I see no money in it for me.' He believed that many enthusiastic theories were the germs of great fortunes, but he always said with a knowing smile, You know it is never safe to be a pioneer in anything. The pioneer usually gets killed in creating an inheritance for his successors. It was a selfish policy, which arose from his financial experiences, that in proportion as a man was selfish, he was successful. I was always of a totally different temperament to my father. I was romantic, idealistic i loved the marvelous the magnificent the miraculous and the mysterious qualities that i inherited from my mother i used to dream of exploring tropic islands of visiting the lands of europe and the orient and of haunting temples and tombs palaces and pagodas I wished to discover all that was weird and wonderful on the earth, so that my experiences would be a description of earth's girdle of gold, bringing within reach of the enslaved multitudes of all nations ideas and experiences of surpassing novelty and grandeur that would refresh their parched souls. I longed to whisper in the ear of the labourer at the wheel that the world was not wholly a blasted place, but that here and there oases made green its barrenness if he could not actually in person mingle with its joys, his soul, that neither despot nor monopolist could chain, might spread its wings and feast on such delights as my journeyings might furnish. How seldom do we realize our fondest desires. Just at the time of my father's death, the entire world was shocked with the news of the failure of another Arctic expedition sent out by the United States to discover, if possible, the North Pole. The expedition leaving their ship frozen up in smith's sound essayed to reach the pole by means of a monster balloon and a favouring wind the experiment might possibly have succeeded had it not happened that the car of the balloon struck the crest of an iceberg and dashed its occupants into a fearful crevasse in the ice where they miserably perished this calamity brought to recollection the ill-fated sir john franklin and jeanette expeditions but strange to say in my mind at least such disasters produced no deterrent effect against the setting forth of still another enterprise in arctic research from the time the expedition i refer to sailed from new york until the news of its dreadful fate reached the country i had been reading almost every narrative of polar discovery The consequence was, I had awakened in my mind an enthusiasm to penetrate the sublime secret of the Pole. I longed to stand, as it were, on the roof of the world, and see beneath me the great globe revolve on its axis. There, where there is neither north nor south, nor east nor west, I could survey the frozen realms of death. I would dare to stand on the very Pole itself, with my few hardy companions, monarch of an empire of ice, on a spot that never feels the life-sustaining revolutions of the Earth. I knew that on the equator, where all is light, life and movement, continents and seas flash through space at the rate of 1,000 miles an hour, but on the pole, the wheeling of the Earth is as dead as the desolation that surrounds it. I had conversed with Arctic navigators both in England and the United States. Some believed the pole would never be discovered. Others again declared their belief in an open polar sea, It was generally conceded that Smith's sound route was impracticable, and the only possible way to approach the pole was by the Bering Strait route, that is, following the 170th degree of west longitude north of Alaska. I thought it a strange fact that modern sailors, armed with all the resources of science and with the experience of numerous Arctic voyages to guide them, could only get three degrees nearer the pole than Henry Hudson did nearly 300 years ago, that redoubtable seaman possessed neither the ships nor men of later voyagers nor the many appliances of his successors to mitigate the intense cold yet his record in view of the facts of the case remains triumphant it was at this time that my father died he left me the bulk of his property under the following clause in his will i hereby bequeath to my dear son lexington white the real estate stocks bonds shares title deeds mortgages and other securities that i die possessed of amounting at present market prices to over five million dollars i desire that my said son use this property for some beneficent purpose of use to his fellow men excepting what money may be necessary for his personal wants as a gentleman I could scarcely believe my father was so wealthy as to be able to leave me so large a fortune but his natural secretiveness kept him from mentioning the amount of his gains even to his own family no sooner did i realize the extent of my wealth than i resolved to devote it to fitting out a private expedition with no less an object than to discover the north pole myself of course i knew the undertaking was extremely hazardous and of doubtful success It could hardly be possible that any private individual, however wealthy and daring, could hope to succeed where all the resources of mighty nations had failed. Still, these same difficulties had a tremendous power of attracting fresh exploits on that fatal field. Who could say that even I alone might not stumble upon success? In a word, I had made up my mind to set forth in a vessel strong and swift and manned by sailors experienced in Arctic voyages under my direct command the expedition would be kept a profound secret. I would leave New York, ostensibly for Australia, then doubling Cape Horn, would make direct for the Bering Sea. If I failed, none would be the wiser. If I succeeded, what fame would be mine? End of chapter two.